This is cliffcentral.com. As the Bitcoin price stabilizes, we will see more people starting to use it for a variety of reasons, not only for swing trading or for, for doing arbitrage, also using it for payments. During the course of these podcasts about cryptocurrencies, a lot of people have been asking who Luno are and uh, why we decided to do this series. Marius Rates from Luno came by to tell us all about Luno, its history, what they do, and where they fit into things. The Decrypto series is sponsored by Luno, Africa's first cryptocurrency platform. Decrypto, we're talking about, um, about cryptocurrencies. We're talking about the way you get in, the way that a lot of people have started to take an interest in cryptocurrencies. Marius Rates is with Luno. And you guys, for many people, are the gateway into a world of cryptocurrencies and into an ecosystem of what future payments might look like. Um, for many South Africans, this might be their foothold on, on that whole economy. Is that scary or is it a, a massive opportunity? I know how the company's doing at the moment and it's not like you guys should complain. Yeah, Gareth, it's a massive challenge for us. We believe that decentralized cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin will fundamentally change the way that the world views and uses money. For example, cheaper transactions, faster transactions, more secure, no more credit card chargeback fraud, and also private but yet still transparent transactions because all the transactions are recorded on the blockchain. Right. Lastly, also a significant better user experience. Our mission is to upgrade the world to a new financial system, the one that I just described. Just like the communication system scaled from post to emails and from landline phones to, to Skype or WhatsApp calls, so can the money system scale. So now we have this digital currency, a decentralized mm -hmm. cryptocurrency in Bitcoin that has the potential to evolve money the same way as our technology evolved the communication system. And we believe that, that Bitcoin is that answer. So at this point, we are trying to build the ecosystem in South Africa. We've always been, since day one, been about an intuitive, easy to use mobile apps, seamless app um, for the layperson on the street to get introduced to, to cryptocurrencies. No asset product. And that's our focus at this, at this point. I would imagine uh, a large part of it is about education, right? And most of what you would call marketing in a company like yours is probably to do with educating people. They'll come to you and they'll say, look, I'm curious. I've, I've heard about this. It's something that all the douchebags at Abraia I was at were talking about. How do I get involved? And I suppose for many people, you could be their first point of contact there too. Absolutely. Education is everything at this point. If you walk onto the street now um, and you ask the first person you bump into whether he's heard of Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies before or not, you're most likely to tell you know that he hasn't heard of it before. So uh, there's a big challenge for us. Uh, South Africa has a growing technology up. There's lots of Bitcoin, blockchain, cryptocurrency and more innovative technology communities being formed in South Africa. So it's the ideal, the ideal landscape and the ideal ecosystem for us to, to work on this educational drive, really to give people the first taste of cryptocurrencies, just for them to literally dip their toes into cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. do the first transaction and force yourself to learn and to educate yourself. Similar and, to I mean, when you buy a share on the on a stock exchange. Yeah. If you don't have skin in the game, you don't really take 
a proper interest because it's yeah. it's only a theoretical thing until you actually have some money in it. No, absolutely. I mean, it's similar to a share in stock exchange. If you bought Steinoff and you old Steinoff shoes, you will be interested to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> when are they going to do this or that? And when are the PwC report coming out? So similar to Bitcoin, if you hold Bitcoin yeah. and you see your, your market value double and half every second day, um, you are going to be interested and you're going to force yourself to read up and to educate yourself. So I'm, I'm not going to ask you statistical questions because I didn't want you to come here with a whole spreadsheet of stats, but what kind of take up is Bitcoin getting in South Africa? And I would imagine Luno has the lion's share of that in terms of, of what is the most obvious public means of getting hold of this. How do you think South Africans are responding? And do you have any sense of whether or not people are extremely interested, whether they're, they're a small group of people who are very interested or that number could be a lot larger? Give me an idea of what you know about the market. So Luno announced um, their two millionth customer recently, last week, and, and South Africa has been a big driver behind that growth. We're seeing increased adoption in South Africa. Currently, the most predominant use case in South Africa that we're seeing is, is people buying Bitcoin for investment purposes, not so much for payments. So as we grow this ecosystem and as the, the volatility subsides, we will see more people starting to use it for payments, which is one of the core functions or the core characteristics of Bitcoin acting as its own payment system. So yes, we're seeing good growth in South Africa despite the drop in price. We're still seeing an uptick in customer numbers and still seeing an uptick in volume. So from our perspective, the South African industry is healthy. There's really a big community in South Africa, in Joburg, Durban, in Cape Town. Lots of innovation happening. Also from an investment venture capital perspective, um, even though the Bitcoin price dropped in January, December, um, there's been no stop in venture capital money mm. flowing into the industry, which is absolutely wonderful. VCs keep on investing into the industry and the, the amount of innovation happening really is astonishing. So from that perspective, there's no pause or there's no stop in the momentum of, of the industry. So a couple of things I need to know about how Luno actually works. When you guys started, it, it was a bit of a gamble because really nobody knew a hell of a lot about cryptocurrencies and the, the amount of interest you had was much, much smaller because you didn't have that massive price increase that overnight turned some people into very, very rich people. Um, and that, I think, got a lot of people's interest. It's it's kind of like you hear about the share that everybody has to have. But I'd imagine that you've been able to refine the way you do what you do with more people coming on board with the volumes that you're now dealing with. You could adjust perhaps percentages on your, your own rates. You could figure out how to how to have arbitrage between different kinds of cryptocurrencies. I think there are probably lots of things about the market that you understand now that you didn't in the beginning. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. We actually started in 2013. We had a B2B focus. We built products for, for banks, multinational banks. Um, we built the first Bitcoin integration for major African banks in Africa. Um, and we thought because because banks work with money and people trust banks, maybe that's the the appropriate or the, the best angle for us to enter this market mm. through banks. But unfortunately, we didn't see the, the uptake or the adoption um, through our work with banks. And then we decided to to break away from B2B model and, and focus on a B2B2C model. So we started the first exchange in Africa um, that allowed customers to buy and sell cryptocurrency. At that stage, only Bitcoin. But then as the company grew and as demand grew, we also launched the Luna Wallet, basically a digital bank that allows you to store your cryptocurrency. So Luna acts as, as the custodian of your cryptocurrency. We, we store it on your behalf. Um, and you can use your, your wallet to, to store your Bitcoin or Ethereum. You can use it to make payments. 
whether it's online on, on Take Lot, for example, or whether it's at your local market down the street uh, on a Saturday morning, you scan the QR code. And then also the exchange where, where people can, can, can buy and sell cryptocurrency. The, the growth and the scaling, um, that we, that we underwent over the past couple of months really gave us an opportunity to sit back and identify the areas, the areas we want to focus on. And one of the key or the most important aspects in the in South African context at this point is education. So we are really, trying to make our product as, as easy to use. Um, we're focusing on custom support and we're focusing on security. We read in the media about cryptocurrency uh, exchanges being hacked. We're very proud of the fact that we have not been hacked. We're really trying to make it as, as safe as possible for our customers to, to use the, the Lino accounts. In my email in the last couple of days, I've, I've received a lot of um, phishing emails. That these, are, these are people who um, are trying to represent you guys they have nothing to do with you and a lot of people i suppose would fall for this and end up giving them information which could prejudice them in some way if not cost them a a ton of money and they could fall victim to fraud Um, there's obviously nothing you can do about that but what should people do to respond to that stuff over the past couple of months, our customers have been spammed by phishing emails. Some customers don't necessarily understand how the, the, the fraud has got a lot of the contact details. But over the past couple of months, we've also seen uh, quite a few public databases being hacked. Customers or people's contact details are out in the in the open, and unfortunately, fraudsters create phishing or spam websites, and, and they target these people. Actual information that they access access through public databases. I can state that that Luna has never been hacked. But back to the customer education side, and also perhaps touching on regulations. That's that's certainly one area in the local uh, framework that that can be looked at, and that's that's consumer protection, and ensuring that that all the players in the market. Whether it's exchanges, whether it's miners, people doing arbitrals, uh, all the parties in the, in the industry act responsibly. Um, Should we just delete these things? Absolutely. If you receive a phishing email asking you to uh, update your information on Lino, you can just forward that email to phishing at lino.com and you must delete, delete that email without clicking on any links. As soon as you enter your information um, on that uh, fake seem to be authentic Lino website, scammers will scrap your information and they will use that to access the real Luna website with the details. A good protection always is to enable two-factor authentication. Mm-hmm. It's much like a, a one-time PIN that you receive when you do a bank transaction, and that will definitely add uh, another layer of security on your Luna But, I wallet. mean, it's not just you guys who have to deal with this. It's all the old financial institutions as well. They have massive problems. I mean, all the banks are sending out warnings every other week about the same kind of thing. So it's happening everywhere. Absolutely. I think um, it comes down to customer education and warning your customers. So from our perspective, warning customers of new scams, phishing scams, doing the rounds, writing educational blog posts to help customers to secure their accounts, but also on the product side to ensure that when a customer's account gets compromised, that there's certain measures put in place so that fraudsters actually then can't send out the Bitcoin or the cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. So over the past couple of months, uh, we've done some great work on that front, building some some measures to uh, to prevent fraudsters from spending your your assets when you've been compromised. Tell me about how it works from a from a business point of view for Luna. You charge per transaction? Do you charge uh, for a certain percentage when people buy in? How does it work from the point of view of how you guys make your money? So we make our money at the point where a customer converts between fiat and crypto and vice versa. Fiat money is currency that a government has declared to be legal tender, like rands, dollars, euros, etc. 
we have two products. We have the Instant Buy and Sell, the Instant Brokerage product, where you um, you deposit uh, money into your Luno account, say 5,000 Rand. You go through the Instant Buy and Sell product. You say, I want to buy 5,000 Rand's worth of Bitcoin or Ethereum. We quote you a price. You confirm, and that price gets executed, and we take a percentage fee with a risk factor to allow for price movements. Okay, so what sort of percentages are we talking here? Or does um, it vary? It varies between 1% and 2%. Um, okay. it's not, that's, it, but no. that's not horrendous? Yeah, it's a, do you get it's, people complaining about that? Yeah, you do. You get people complaining about that. But then we direct into to our exchange product. Um, the exchange is a separate product. It's a bit, it's a bit more technical. It's not that user-friendly. You, you will have to do some research and reading. But really, once you've done one transaction, it's easy to use. But this is like if you yeah. had a personal financial advisor and they were buying shares on the stock exchange for you, they'd charge more than that. Definitely. I mean, this oh. is a new product that we're offering customers. And the amount of security measures that we have to put in place on the back end to ensure the safeguarding of, of that crypto assets uh, and the whole operation. I think uh, obviously in future we can relook, as you've said earlier, it's easy for us now to change the percentage here or there. Sure. But what I want to point out is that on our exchange product, people can, can place orders and if they're a market maker on our exchange. So we follow the market maker, market taker model. If they take liquidity off our exchange, then we charge them 1% fee. That's a tiered fee percentage. The more volumes they do, the, the lower the fee. But if they're a market maker, so if they place a market order on our exchange, they won't pay any fees. There's a zero fee percentage hmm. linked to that. So there's a way for people to buy cryptocurrencies on Luno at no cost. Are you of the opinion, and so many of the guests on this series have been, that most of the other altcoins are going to either disappear or become less important? Or are you guys looking at representing more of them in your basket of options? At this point, um, the most important thing for us is to perfect our current offering. We currently only offer Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, I know it's a, it sounds like a cliche, but but that's really what we're doing. With each new coin that you add to your platform, it, it just increases or doubles the complexity of your operations from a customer support perspective to the storage or the safeguarding of those crypto assets. So we have a checklist that we go through before we even consider adding a new token. And that checklist includes uh, aspects like market adoption. It includes the use case and what is that token trying to, to solve, the security behind that token, the developers working working on that code. Um, there's a whole checklist of things that we go through. And only once a token meets that set of criteria and once we feel that the business is ready for another edition, then we will proceed. But we can't in- embark on projects with marginal initiatives um, to our customers. At this point, we have to perfect our current offering and make sure that the, the service that we deliver for Bitcoin and Ethereum is world standard. So that's our current focus. We're not Bitcoin maximalists, uh, not at all, but we do have to listen to our customers and ensure that our, that our product is secure and that it's as easy as possible and that it's a one-stop place for them to go and learn more about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Do you think that the price, when it goes up and down, is going to have long-term effects on how many people come into the market. I mean, you mentioned to me that, for example, when the price drops, you get a lot of people who see that as an opportunity to buy rather than as an opportunity to exit the whole system completely. And when the price goes up, they obviously want to maximize their assets. They leave it in and they let it grow. Um, So how do you foresee this carrying on as more and more people start coming in and and maybe when people start using it as a payment facility – to transact rather than just as a store of value. Oh. How do you think that'll change? I think as adoption grows and as more people actually enter this new ecosystem, um, we will actually see the Bitcoin price 
evening out and, and being more stable. If you look back from February to, to now, we've, we've actually seen a very stable Bitcoin price without the, the massive drops and massive spikes that we've seen for the past two to three years. As the Bitcoin price stabilizes, we will see more people starting to use it for a variety of reasons, not only for swing trading or for, for doing arbitrage, also using it for payments. Arbitrage is the simultaneous purchase and sale of an asset to profit from an imbalance in the price. As you pointed out, when the price jumps, you get people people selling, you get people holding on for dear life, buying into the market. But the people using it for payments, they stay away because because of the volatility. You can't use a volatile currency like that to make payments because you will you will be exposed to to our level of of risk. But yeah, hopefully, as the local ecosystem grows and as we see more people entering the system, we'll see prices stabilize. You will see this variety of use cases coming to the fore. So you've got these two main products. Are there any things going on that might introduce a third, fourth product? Are there things that you're excited about that you can't yet reveal that you're doing in, in terms of, of keeping ahead on that innovation curve too? Because there's so much pressure these days to not just do what you do well, but to do other things and to start thinking about what might happen tomorrow as well. We see this this evolution uh, happening over three stages. We see this as a sort of 10 to 20 year period. We're currently in this first stage, and that is bridging the all in the new. So that's introducing people to this new system, making it as easy as possible for them to, to access cryptocurrencies and to just to learn about it. We see this stage playing out over a period of three to five years. The next stage we see is um, growing the ecosystem. So we're seeing more and more communities being established, more and more financial institutions coming to the fore. We've actually seen a couple of financial institutions. Also on the international market in the U.S., we've seen uh, index, index funds, um, we've seen ETFs, quite a few different products coming to the fore. So in the second phase, we'll see more and more institutions coming to the fore, uh, more use cases coming to the fore. And in the third phase, we will see these use cases actually being adopted and into the mainstream. And at this point, I can't say yet what we will do. At this point, I can't even say whether Bitcoin will be the future cryptocurrency or the, the global reserve cryptocurrency. I'm not sure. But what I do know is that it, it will be a decentralized system um, and it will be a global system. Um, but just in terms of expansion for Luna itself, we've recently opened our Johannesburg office. We're seeing this office as our strategic gateway to Africa. Africa holds a lot of potential. Uh, it has 1.2 billion people. Africa is also emerging as a, as a growing tech hub. So we are positioning ourselves in Johannesburg um, to enter this next phase of growth into, into Africa. And we're planning to launch into 20 to 30 new countries in Africa early 2019. And on top of that, we're also targeting Johannesburg um, as sort of a new base for, for developers. So we're trying to access a new talent pool in Johannesburg, and we feel by opening a Johannesburg office um, and by diversifying our South African base, we will be able to do that. So from a growth perspective, launching in new countries, we're building out the team. Uh, we currently have 120, 130 full-time employees, but we also have another f- uh, 50 to 60 positions available on our careers page. So we're really trying to add another 50 people to the team by the end of this year. That sounds that very impressive. That's a lot of growth. The company's grown hugely over the last couple of years. Um, absolutely. It has grown hugely. The company announced its Series B funding around last year, uh, September, um, through Rand Merchant and Bolton Capital. 
last year this time uh, we were 30 people in the, in the office in Cape Town and we've grown to 120 people now. We've opened an office in Lagos, Nigeria. We've opened our head office in, in London actually. Maybe just worth pointing out that our head office is based in London. Our captain office is our global uh, shared service office. So we provide s- services to all our other regional hubs, which is um, Joburg, Nigeria, Lagos, and, and then also Singapore, which is our Southeast Asian hub, right. and Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and in Indonesia. Well, I mean, the nice thing about cryptocurrencies is they don't necessarily have one domicile. They're everywhere all over the world, and people all over the world want to transact with other people all over the world. Uh, I asked Dr. Arif Ismail this, and and it was maybe a little bit unfair, but I I said to him, do you own some cryptocurrency? And, you know, being with the Reserve Bank, he obviously thought this was a, a potentially controversial question. I mean, it almost goes without saying that you must have some crypto assets. I think when you're in this business, um, you believe in it. You have to put your money where your mouth is, and I believe in it. I really believe in it. Obviously, I think there's lots of potential, and I'm just trying to to soak it all up and to get into the market. Um, Yeah, I think everybody is. I mean, there are those very rare occasions where someone has mortgaged their house (laughs) for cryptocurrency, but we don't want to talk about that because that's the risk is obviously here. That as much as you can be rewarded for making a good investment at the right time, and timing sometimes is everything if you're a day trader or what. But if you're thinking long term, you want to have at least a little bit of some taste of what's going on in the market. You want to oh. have your dip your foot in the water. Definitely. People should just still realize that it's an highly volatile, unregulated mm-hmm. investment clause or whether it's a currency or an asset that's that's up for each one's yeah. discretion. And obviously there comes risk of that. So uh, the old saying goes, don't invest more than you can afford to lose. That still counts for any financial asset, whether it's a cryptocurrency or whether it's a share in a company or, mm. or anything for that matter. Yeah, I think uh, this is fascinating and I love what you guys are doing. The fact that you've made it possible for anybody to enter the, the world of cryptocurrencies like this is, I think, the most exciting thing. It's terrific. Yeah, that's our passion at this stage. We discussed earlier about Linus products and the exchange and the instant buy and sell. We don't see ourselves really as an, as an exchange at this point. Yes, that's maybe a focus area of us that we will build out in the future, similar to what Coinbase did with the GDAX platform or the, the exchange. But for us really at this point, and I've said it quite a few times during this um, chat already, but we're really just trying to make it as easy as possible for people to to buy cryptocurrency. Tell me quickly, um, you must have met uh, some interesting people through the course of this and heard some interesting stories. I mean, there must be incredible kind of life-changing stuff that's happened for some people when they got into into cryptocurrency via Luno. And you must also get some very interesting feedback. You must get some interesting complaints, compliments, that kind of thing. You want to share any of that? Yes. So I think nothing specific, but um, through our experiences in different countries, um, we've done roadshows in Southeast Asia where we toured literally. We did uh, in, uh, Singapore, Indonesia, Malaysia in three consecutive days. Um, I go to Nigeria, Lagos every second week almost uh, to to go. And, What's and, the appetite in Nigeria like? No, I'd say Nigeria, um, Nigeria, the second to South Africa. They, wow. Yeah, yeah. Nigeria, um, in Africa, Nigeria, Kenya, um, and South Africa, I would say those three are the, the main Bitcoin ups at this stage. There's, there's really a big demand for, for Bitcoin in Nigeria. Unfortunately, Nigeria, similar to South Africa to some extent, has been hit with a lot of scams. The triple M Ponzi that we saw a year or two back, people are really struggling to trust banks, to trust any 
person dealing with their money. So um, for us in uh, in South Africa, but also Nigeria, the challenge is to build a trusted name and for people to, to actually trust your product. If there's just one incident, one payment that's not allocated correctly or one transaction that's not processed the way it should be, there's that erosion of trust. Again, I can I can pull that back to the reason why we're not adding additional altcoin stock packs mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, it all comes back to that. I mean, building the trusted uh, brand and, and trusted product. And that's very important in emerging markets. You have to build a trusted time. People are very skeptical and very conservative to some extent, so you have to make sure that you get it right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Decrypto, brought to you by Luno, the best platform to become educated on all things crypto. Luno makes it safe and easy to buy, store, and learn about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Just visit luno.com forward slash decrypto and sign up to redeem the exclusive promo code if you've listened to this series. This is cliffcentral.com.